welcome to the Infertile Mafia. Where today we're going to talk about when the honeypot goes rogue. <laughs> Which is endometriosis. Endometriosis. I did another um, urban thesaurus search, oh, Sarah. okay. For the uterus. And I saw honeypot. And I thought... That sounds so lovely and much less crass than most of the words listed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking about when the honeypot goes rogue. Or would it be the honey? When the honey goes rogue out Ooh, of the honeypot. It is. Oh, my gosh, you're right. It's not the pot. It's the mm-hmm. honey. It's when the honey gets on the outside and gets all over everything and just ruins everything. And it gets real sticky and ruins everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a much that's better perfect. analogy. That's perfect. Yeah. I wish it was as sweet as honey because it's not, because Indo sucks. Yes. <laughs> but first, we have some business. Sarah, how was your day today? Well, this morning I had an ultrasound. Uh, I am pregnant, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Through IVF, <laughs> and it was a frozen embryo transfer. And, uh, yeah, we found out what we're having. But I'll tell you later in the out of the box. Oh! <laughs> she's going to tease us. She's not going to tell. You're such a tease, Sarah. I've been dying. I've been dying. She told me last week she was going today, and I've been dying yes. to know. Yeah. But I have a little tease, too. Mine's not nearly as exciting as yours. But, you know, last week when we talked about how I turned 35 and then this person put this comment on my YouTube channel that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> told me I looked super old and I took one person's comment and decided to rad- radically and drastically change my life. No, that didn't happen. That's not true. That's not true. But I did join the oh, gym today. Today. So today. And here's something. The gym why so many mirrors? So you can see if you have the correct form. <laughs> no. Oh. They're terrible. Why so, so many mirrors? So you can watch other people. Turn every, every corner, I'm like, ah, <laughs> there I am Did you again. go to a like, local gym or did you go to Planet Fitness? Uh, It's a, it's it's a, a chain. chain. Yeah. It's yeah. A chain. But anyway, I I'll talk about that a little later. All right. Um, because I'm going to challenge myself and maybe some of you can join me, but you're going to do that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Oh, out of the, in the, out of, in the, out of the box. (laughs) So in the Facebook group, I guess this could be a business item. Um, Mandy. Facebook group. If you're not in it, join it. The Infertile Mafia closed Facebook Uh, group. Mandy or Amanda. Are we doing... A minute with Amanda or a minute with Mandy? I think a minute with Mandy. That's got good alliteration. Anyway, she (laughs) put a picture or no, it was a link to making your own felt uterus. (laughs) (laughs) A superhero uterus. It was, what was it? Super womb man? I I called it Wonder Wonder Woman. Womb man. Wonder womb woman. Get it? You know, like a womb. <laughs> but I don't think she said this on the Facebook page, but I thought it was a cute idea. Like, either we make them or have whoever wants to do it make them. And then they take the soup wonder woman <laughs> to like appointments <laughs> and take a picture with it and tag us. I think that'd be really cute, you know, like. Yeah, we need someone to do it. I though. thought about making I'm one, not, but I I'm not super craft. I mean, I am super crafty, but not with sewing. I'm going to make one. So I just if okay, Sarah's going to make one. Maybe we can have more than one. If you're super crafty, join the Facebook group if you're not in there and go to that post and say, "Hey, I'm going to make a Wonder and then Woman." Take a picture or a super ute with it. Yeah, but I wanted to put pearls. On my oh. uterus's ovaries, and then Perfect. have it not have tubes. 
So maybe the ovaries would <laughs> yeah. just be dangling. <laughs> Yours would be a very custom made <laughs> creation. Yeah. But I thought it would be, I liked her idea of having people take them. Like we could either send them out and have it be the traveling yeah. uterus. Or yeah, adventures of the traveling yeah, or of the super. Have ute. people just make their own and take it with them, and like take a picture in front of their infertility sure. sign, like or the doctors, it's like whatever, in front of something. <laughs> their infertility sign. My infertility sign is shitty sperm. <laughs> My infertility no, I mean, sign like, their is doctors, PCOS. like the plaque saying. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm making fun of you. <laughs> yeah. So do some or take a picture of it with the uh, shots. Yeah. There you go. It's like a fun, uplifting way. To, Come together. Yeah. It'll be like the traveling gnome. There you go. Right. Or the pants. Those that pants yeah. movie. Sisterhood of the tra- Sisterhood of the Wonder yes. Womb. Or you could just take then it with you to one- like Six Flags. Just wherever. <laughs> and have it with you, like, on a roller coaster picture. <laughs> Take it with you to work and make people really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then whoever has the most creative one each month gets a prize. <laughs> I'd put out a prize <laughs> for go. that. Yeah, I could get on board. So, <laughs> All right. today. Endometriosis. Yes. Tell us some general Here's, facts. Yeah. Here's, this is, I did a lot of reading about endo, okay? Because it's not one that I knew a lot about. And this is what I've come away with from my research. It's hard to diagnose and it's hard to treat, which makes it a double whammy shitstorm in your body, like, for those two reasons. And... Yeah. I mean, that that's what's like, to me, what sucks about it, because it's not something that's always super obvious, and then it's really hard to treat it. So it just sucks. We've said that a bunch of times, <laughs> that endometriosis sucks. So what is it? Okay. It's when endometrial-like tissue, so think like the tissue that you grow on the inside of your uterus, grows in other parts of the body. I just had an idea. So it's I'm happening. sorry. Oh, with no, honey? With the traveling uterus. <laughs> it could be called the cuterus. Oh, she- <laughs> I think that came from Bob's Burgers. Like, I could see Tina saying that. She's like, uh... Cuterus, the, the uterus. cuterus. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I interrupted you. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So back, back to the honey. So this is when the endometrial tissue is growing outside of the uterus. So... Um, think like sometimes it's on the fallopian tube, sometimes it's on the ovaries, sometimes it's on the the backside of just the outside of the uterus. Um, it can find its place, it find it in places like your bladder or your rectum. It's most often found in the pelvis, right? But in rare cases, it has been found in areas like the heart, the lungs, and even the brain. Oh my gosh. I know, like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing out there? You get back in where you're supposed to be. So this tissue responds to your body, your the changing hormones every month, the same way it does inside of your uterus, right? So it grows, it swells, and then it bleeds, like when you have your period. Yeah, so... Um, these growths like they can, can they can continue expanding and causing problems such as like blocking your fallopian tubes um or like if a growth covers one of your ovaries these are things that are going to make it hard for you to ovulate or get pregnant um trapped blood in the ovaries can form these cysts and when they rupture it's really painful it can cause inflammation it causes um, scar tissue and adhesions which can bind your organs together which we're going to hear a story from a mafia member <laughs> that sent us an email with this awesome just really powerful I keep saying it's powerful but it just it's such a powerful story like a really horrible story and that made me well it is horrible but it's it doesn't have a horrible outcome no, even though good. the story is not over yeah um 
but she has a severe case of endo and that made me think of it because it said this tissue that binds your organs together and that happened in her case so that scar tissue excuse me that scar tissue and adhesions can cause a lot of pelvic pain and can make it hard for you to get pregnant um it's classified in four stages right so one like if you have one it's minimal two mild three moderate four severe um and it's really based on like where it is the extent of it you know the severity of scar tissue and pain and all that kind of stuff so it's typically classified um, in those four categories the first two are much more manageable when you get into the moderate severe endometriosis that's when things get really tough um Unfortunately, an absolute diagnosis is only confirmed through a laparoscopic surgery and biopsy of the tissue. Which, um, a lot of times, insurance will cover laparoscopy. <laughs> wow. They will cover the, laparos- <laughs> laparoscopy. the laparoscopy for pain. Oh, so, okay. See, I didn't know that. Yay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yay for surgery. At least it's covered. <laughs> Right. Usually. I know. Because that's it's like one of those, an extra blow when it's not covered. Like you have to go do this really crappy thing and you have to pay full price for it and you don't have any insurance coverage. Yeah. That's the only thing my insurance would pay for. So. <sighs> <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> but yeah, you can only like truly confirm it through the laparoscopy. But sometimes if it's bad enough, you can see it. Just on a regular ultrasound, oh, if it's bad enough. I, I saw this picture, what? and this girl has it coming out of her belly button. Like, oh, her belly button, gosh. it swells into bubbles each month and then goes back down. Yeah. So, Yeah, you crazy. see a lot of, on Instagram, like, um, I don't remember what the hashtag is, but it's like, it's kind of like one of those endo community jokes about the bloating and the swelling like because they a lot of them they do they get this major bloat because they have all this extra tissue and extra fluid I know it just sucks okay the last thing I was going to say sometimes they can also feel it with a pelvic exam but here's the kicker (laughs) okay so you've heard of like the teaser, the pleaser, and the shocker, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't learn that in middle school, Sarah? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you learn about how your boyfriend's going to finger you, <laughs> one finger is the teaser, two fingers is the pleaser, and then if the you pinky. throw... Pinky in there. That's right, the shocker. Right. right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I wrote on here the pelvic exam is like the shocker. So I could remember how to oh, describe no. it because they have to feel through your rectum and your vagina sometimes to feel for the endo on the underside, like on, on your rectum or on the underside of your vagina. Oh, no. So sometimes they look for it doing doing an exam that way. Like that sounds shocker. painful. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Okay. Um. I just have a few facts, and then we could talk about signs and okay. symptoms. So that was just more of an about. Here's some facts for you. Okay. It affects one in ten women. Um. 176 million worldwide. And this is not a fact. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just now realizing it. I put it in my facts column. It's not a fact. But I wonder if it could be even more prevalent than PCOS because it's often misdiagnosed or it takes like years and years to get an actual diagnosis. Because this is a fact. The average is seven years from the time that symptoms are present to when it's diagnosed and treated. Seven years. Um, hmm. And it's often not diagnosed until women are tr- are having trouble trying to get pregnant or if it's like severely affecting their daily life. 
Can PCOS uh, so, and endometriosis coexist? Oh, I'm sure they can. Like, why wouldn't they? Like, they can. You could have both. Well, I mean, part of endometriosis is a hormone issue, and it's like the opposite hormone as PCOS. No, well, it's but it's not a hormone issue. It's just. It's just tissue growing that's affected by your existing hormones. Well, yeah. Estrogen feeds it. Oh, yeah. Right, but, right. Yeah, I guess you can... Oh, I, I know that women that have both. So the sad thing, which we're going to get to, but the, the thing about PCOS is there are ways you can turn it around. Mm-hmm. Endo, there's really not a whole lot you can do. Um, so anyway, in a lot of cases, it's going to... It gets worse as you get older um like sometimes the tissue just keeps growing and that's why your pain gets worse as you age and get up into your like more like late 20s early 30s and so that's why it's like people think it affects older women but a lot of that is just because they aren't diagnosed until they're older um but there's some good news Unlike a lot of other infertility diagnoses, just because you have endo doesn't mean you're technically infertile, okay? 60 to 70% of women with endo are still fertile and do go on to conceive unless they have any other issues like PCOS. And it seems endo's effect on fertility is usually linked with like how severe it is and if it's, you know, having a negative effect on those reproductive organs like I just talked about. So endo doesn't mean you're infertile. It just happens to cause infertility in some people. If it attaches to the right thing. Yeah, if it if it screws up your reproductive organs. Yeah, so signs so. and symptoms. Uh, some people don't even have symptoms. I'm guessing those are the people with mild, with stage yeah. one or two. But um, if you have symptoms, usually painful periods, um, pelvic pain and cramping may begin before your period and then extend several several days into your period. And then you may also have lower back and abdominal pain. So I wonder, do most people not have pain a couple days in? Do you know? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, with their period? I think most women say that the cramping, like if you're going to have pain, it's worse the first yeah, day. Usually. And then it subsides. But yeah. sounds like this but goes saying, on. Right. Uh, yeah. The next one is pain with intercourse. So it's like you're being stabbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yeah. with different positions. I mean, you're you are being stabbed. In the <laughs> uterus. <laughs> Taco yeah, hammer. That's that's why it's called that. Uh, <laughs> pain with bowel movements or urination. Uh, it could cause cramping, or you can experience these during your period, most likely. So, that one's not fun. Um, excessive bleeding. So, like bleeding way more than people normally do. Which how would you know? What's I don't wrong? know. I mean, you, you know? don't know. I, I guess you would know you if, talk to your doctor about that or yeah. Google it. <laughs> um, bleeding in between periods also. Can you just see like comparing with your friend? Like, so how much do you bleed every month? Can we compare? Like, I don't know. Can we take out our diva cups and compare? Oh my compare? gosh, those are so painful for me. <laughs> I don't know if we've <laughs> talked about this on the show, but those things, I feel like they would be yeah, great. If they didn't feel like they were sucking my uterus out of my body. <laughs> yeah, they just may not. Or you just need to find a more comfortable one I don't or something. Think, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> well, it may not. But That's I think fine. for other people, they would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, <laughs> but I do think um, menstrual cups might be good for someone who, I don't know, thinks that they might have endo because... Ooh, I don't know. You can keep track of how much you're bleeding. And in other words, when you go to your doctor, you can say, because some of them have actual measurements yeah, they on do. them that you can, yeah. So you could say, this is how much I I'm bleeding. Is this normal? If you're bleeding a lot, 
It's pretty bad if they overflow, though. Well, yeah. Then it's like, ah. (laughs) It's like Carrie. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. So I. (laughs) No, no, go go ahead. I was just going to add. I was just going to add that as far as signs go, I kept seeing this over and over again. So I thought it was worth mentioning. Like. If it if it affects your so okay, pain during your period is normal, right? Like we all hear that when we get told the period story in like fourth grade and you watch the video about your changing body. So everyone is expecting some pain with your period. Right. And that is normal. But like really bad pain is not normal. So I kept reading over and over again that if it affects if your period affects your daily life, your job going to school, socializing with other people, or anything beyond that, like, causes fainting. It used to make me throw up. That That doesn't seem normal, does it? It is not normal. I'm telling you right now, that's not normal. It used to hurt so bad that I would just throw up, and then I'd feel, like, faint. (sighs) But that was in high school, and it didn't really happen too much after that. Mm. So... But you also have PCOS. I don't know. What's going on? I guess. <laughs> but yeah. I did see over and over again that that's when you should seek help and ask your doctor. I think I might have endo. I did not seek help. I can't go to school. I just left school. <laughs> well, and got your pass to get out of gym class. Oh, I, don't, I wasn't but even you know in what? gym at that time. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the classic, oh, oh, I'm on my period, I can't go to I can't run. I used to, my ankles used to lock up when we'd run, and so I'd fall. And they would make the girls run, and then the boys would sit there and watch them, and then they'd make the boys run, and we'd sit there and watch them. And I... (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible! (laughs) Middle school is hard enough! This was high school, but then I, one time my ankles locked up, and I... Face planted right in front of all the boys. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's funny now. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so other symptoms <laughs> you may experience fatigue, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, or nausea, especially during menstrual periods. Because, and that's because it could be affecting your bowel or like the endo could be affecting your um, GI tract and system. Yeah, which makes sense. But, okay, so this is my story, I guess you could say. Um, I ended up having the laparoscopy and they got in there and I had all these symptoms of it and I didn't have any endo. Right. I, I wondered about that because you had so much scarring yeah, but I on your I had a bunch of scarring. It, it wasn't just my tubes. It was like everything. It was like mm-hmm. things were stuck to other things and my ovaries were stuck, I think, to my bowel. And then he ended up clearing it all out. And then after that, I didn't really have That problems. sounds a lot like endo. Yeah. Though. Like I had the symptoms of endo as a teenager and then I didn't I wonder if you like had it and then it kind of went away I don't know I don't that's what I was wondering like can endo go away like endo was there and then PCS was like hey I got this and took over <laughs> now I'm joining the party tag and, like, out suppressed endo and made it go away I don't know I don't know if that can happen something to think about but the other thing I was going to say or when you talked about your um, your tubes being because you've talked about it before that the doctor thought that that was probably more due to um, pelvic inflammatory disease yeah. right yeah which I read that sometimes scarring in the in the fallopian tubes gets misdiagnosed as endo when it's actually PID yeah so maybe who knows yeah, I don't know <laughs> hopefully she was right and you don't have endo that's like gonna rear its ugly head when you get your PCOS under control uh, yeah I don't know <laughs> so stupid. It is stupid I also saw this um then I thought it was like very poignant about the symptoms 
And it said, it w- I was reading a blog post um, from someone that said, one of the hardest symptoms is anxiety of not knowing when you'll have a flare and worrying how much it's going to affect your day, as well as pain and fatigue management. And she's saying that the fatigue isn't actually caused by the endo. It's because she can't sleep. Oh, So she's sleep deprived because she's in so much pain. And I thought, yeah, how like psychologically debilitating that would be to constantly be wondering that you're going to have a flare up because people that have it severe, severely like have flare ups at any. It's not just when their period comes. It's like at random times. Like that girl on BuzzFeed. Yes. Like that girl on BuzzFeed BuzzFeed who (laughs) has articles about endo. And she said the best leggings for the boat are uh, Lulu, Lu, is that what it is? Lulu, Lulu Lululemon. Uh, <laughs> let's see what they're called. What's her, her name? Her name is Laura Parker. And okay. the leggings are the Align leggings from Lululemon. And she says they're good for endo yeah. bloat. She said they're the best leggings she's ever worn. So if you have a hundred bucks, you want to buy some leggings. <laughs> this girl who has endometriosis you, recommends them. Did you read anything about causes for endometriosis? This was a tough one. Uh, yeah. I mean, they don't really like, I read know. F- like, there's right. some random ones like retrograde retrograde menstruation where the blood flows backwards into your tubes right right and then some say it's totally bogus how does that even happen or i don't know if you're laying on your side or something i don't know (laughs) i don't know know. and then there's other transformation of Pertonial cells, which is when other cells inside of your abdomen turn into endometrial cells. Hmm. Yeah. Um, embryonic cell transformation, when estrogen may transform embryonic cells, uh, the cells in the earliest stages of development into endometrial cell implants during puberty. Oh my gosh, I have no idea what you just uh, said. I think <laughs> taking those... It's like starting to go way over my Taking head. <laughs> those tiny resting follicle cells and then they turn into endometrial cells. And oh. I guess they pop out of your ovaries and implant other places during puberty. Endo, you're so weird. That is weird. You're not invited to the party. Uh, surgical scar, like... After a, uh, having your appendix. C-section. Oh, or that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any surgical scar, which I was like, what? That's so crazy. Uh, there's also endometrial cell t- transport, which is when the blood vessels or tissue of the lymphatic system may transport <laughs> endometrial cells <laughs> to other parts of the body. So your endometrial cells catch a ride in your catch a ride uh, blood vessels and then i saw along with that kind of is and remember these are all like kind of outlier hypotheses because everything you read says that they don't really know what causes yeah i don't it. think they know but i saw no they don't really know <laughs> that to like kind of tagging along with what you said if you have a faulty immune system Anytime I see immune system, I perk up. If you have a faulty immune so in other words, some of us may like those endometrial cells might hitch a ride and like start growing other places and a good immune system is going to be like, hey, they're like the bouncer. Like, no, you're, they kick you out of the party. If you have, right. (laughs) If you have a faulty immune system, then they don't, they fail to find and destroy it. So... But again, these are all just like kind of general hypotheses. Yeah. No one knows. 
So we kind of talked about how it affects your fertility, kind of. Yeah, it may or may not make you infertile. Right, which is kind of good news. I, I mean, I know. guess the way it would make you infertile is the scar tissue. Yeah, really the the major reason it's going to make you infertile is if it adversely affects your reproductive organs. Like structurally. Right? So, structurally, right. If it causes distortion, making it difficult to ovulate. Hormonally, though, I don't think it necessarily causes problems. I don't think so. Not as far as fertility yeah. goes. But, but then I also saw that, again, like the immune system, if it's true that people with endo have kind of a weird immune system that I saw that, um, you know, because your immune system normally helps defend the body against disease. So if it attacks an embryo like they think mine did because it's overactive, that could be another way that it affects your fertility by, um, and that's like a secondary reason. In other words, like if you have endo, you might have an also have, <laughs> like a lot of people with endo see reproductive immunologists for that reason, because they're so closely linked. Hormones. So that's kind of like a secondary way it can affect your fertility. Yeah. yeah. So are there any so, ways to treat it? <laughs> no, nope. not really. Um, the girl from BuzzFeed tried to have lasers uh, help with the pain. Lasers. <laughs> yeah, she traveled 3,000 miles to treat my endometriosis with lasers. Wait, what did she do? Um, I actually haven't read the article. Oh. <laughs> but I assume she traveled 3,000 miles. Um, she, yeah, she's tried a lot of things. And what's her name again? It sounds like Laura a good Parker. Resource. Laura. And it's on BuzzFeed. Yeah, she's right? a BuzzFeed writer. Yeah. Okay. So it is chroma laser therapy, which is an infrared laser combined with magnesium, ultrasound, and four radiant energies in colors red, green, indigo, violet, and yellow. Get a rainbow shot into your honey pot. Yeah. Oof. Wow. And it says that it's uh, non-invasive. I feel like my friend actually worked at a laser place like this. Because they treat... Mm. Um, it helps get rid of scar tissue, too, I think. Oh. Which is what a lot of endoadhesions yeah. are. Is scar I, just, I don't know if this can get rid of the kind of laser that my friend did. I don't know if that would actually get right. rid of scar tissue. Like, if you'd want to use it. On your pelvis? I'll have to ask yeah. her. We don't, we're, I mean, we say, we've said this many times, we're not doctors. <laughs> we're not, like, endorsing this treatment, especially because this is, like, not something that's, like, a standard thing you see that people do. But it's something to maybe, like, look into. I don't know. And I think that she... I bet it would do, I bet it wouldn't do jack for really bad endo. I bet it Well, this girl anything. has really bad endo, I guess. Oh, like, okay. really bad. <laughs> um, the other girl she went with who has a face um, problem, like uh, the nerves in her face, she had a little bit of relief. Hmm. But the only, like, truly known cure is surgery to remove the scar tissue and lesions and endometrial, like, tissue. That's but not what this does. It often, I guess. No, I know. This I'm removes saying, toxins. Yeah, I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that that's what that does. I'm saying like they say surgery is the only thing that might actually cure it. And even sometimes with surgery, it'll come back, unfortunately. Yeah. So a lot of times they don't even recommend it because but they but but they do recommend sometimes, like you're going to hear from our story with Steph later, they'll do surgery to repair some of the organs that the endo has damaged, but that's not going to take it away. No. Like, that's not going to cure you of endometriosis. 
But I've heard of like, I was reading these stories about these women that like had hysterectomies and took out their ovaries thinking that this was going to cure their endo. Which, um, did you see Kayla's comment on the Instagram? No, it was a different Kayla. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Her name's spelled differently. (laughs) So I think of you as not having the same name. (laughs) We don't. Uh, We're not the same person. Yeah. I, I asked her to tell her story on the Instagram, and I don't know if you saw it, because it was just today. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead and oh, read okay. it. okay. I will. Um, if you want. <laughs> so, Kayla said, I was diagnosed in August of 2012. Since then, I have tried birth control to subdue the pain. I've had an HSG, a hysterectomy, and ophoectomy, which is having her ovaries removed, and will be having a colonoscopy this week to see what is going on with my colon. My left ovary had fused to my colon twice in the last couple years and had been causing a lot of pain, and my doctors think that there may be adhesions in there. It's a debilitating disease, and it's a juggling act with all the appointments and trying to figure out what to do next. And, um, I know her through the infertility community from Instagram. So they had trouble conceiving their first child, and then they had a spontaneous pregnancy with their second child. And now she's had a hysterectomy? Yeah, she had, had her. Yeah, so she had the hysterectomy, and she was still having pain. It was a partial hysterectomy. And then. Okay. So she had her ovaries removed recently, and she's still having pain. Oh. And so she's doing the colonoscopy. Okay. Yeah. So, like, what I was reading, now we have, like, a real person that we know, that you know, that this has happened to. And there's someone else on Instagram that I follow who has really bad endo, but, I mean, I didn't ask her to say, I didn't ask her anything about it. She's from Australia. I'm sure... Some people knew who I'm talking about. But, yeah, it, it seems like it's a very debilitating thing from what yeah. I've seen from just those two. And I'm sure there's other people, of course, who have it. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, when I read Steph's email, she'll. It'll. Yeah, hers is. Oof, and this is Steph who's having but, um, the embryo do- or the egg donor, right? Right. So we just talked about her in our episode about Mother's Day. And yeah, she, well, I'll get to it when we read. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to give it all yeah, away. I'm interested to um, hear. Yeah. Because I haven't read they, the email. So, so <laughs> tell me about it. So Sarah will be re- hearing it with all of you. But I just, like, this is one of those reasons why it sucks so bad, because it starts affecting your other organs like that, like, having your ovary, like, attached to the back of your colon, like, this just sounds terrible. Yeah. It's just... It's, like, attached (laughs) with spider webs. Yeah. But super spider Mm. webs that are... (laughs) Like... Not, you can't just brush them away. And even if you do, they'll come back. Your ovary is like the bug. Oh, I still have the pictures of yeah. all my adhesions. They're crazy looking. Mm. I'd show you a picture. Yeah, but... Google. That was one piece of advice Steph told me when I was telling her I was researching endo. And she was like, Google photos at your own risk. It's really nasty. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to see my pictures? So, yeah, I do. I'm actually not <laughs> sure where. Th- I think I, I might have them in my Google Drive still. But you know you have a true friend when she'll look at the inside of your actually, uterus. I Actually, it's the outside. <laughs> I Snapchatted them to someone, and just recently, oh. they're still there. <laughs> oh, lovely. I was like, wow, this picture from 2014 is still in Snapchat. That's not supposed to happen. (laughs) (laughs) That is the opposite of what Snapchat is supposed to do. So the treatment for it that that you can do is really just pain management and symptom management, right? So 
a lot of women will take continuous birth control. So not even the kind where you get a monthly period. They'll like take it for three months at a time and then get, or you you could get an IED. Um, you also have like progesterone and supplements or GNRH inhibitors, which basically puts you like, doesn't that basically put, oh, oh. <laughs> Surprise. I bring you this interruption. <laughs> That's like getting a surprise dick pic. <laughs> um, this is the equivalent of a dick pic in the infertility world. Sarah just flashed <laughs> her scar tissue to me. Okay, those are adhesions. Crazy. My tubes right Okay, now there. that you shared it with me, oh my gosh, that's crazy, Sarah. I, I'll share it in the Facebook now page because I don't really want to put it on my Instagram. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> I have page. family members following me on there now, like my brother-in-law. <laughs> I do not want <laughs> really to subject him to your this. Uterus. <laughs> so I'll put it right. on the Facebook page or the group. Right, which I don't think we've, I don't think we plugged the yeah, Facebook page I think we have. Yet. Oh, well, we're, we have in We're not trying to plug episode. the Facebook page for any other reason than to, like, get people in there who need to talk. We don't right. get... That's the, our only like, We don't get anything out of people being in our Facebook group. Besides... Oh, heck no. Is that a thing? No, I don't know. I just don't want people to think that oh. we're trying to con them into coming into our Facebook group and, like... Oh, no. <laughs> we don't get anything... Like, out of any of no this. so <laughs> we just do it because we like it and i like i don't know i like seeing people making friends in there and like getting yeah i mean too support so right. that's the reason to it's all about getting yeah, support it, that's the reason to join the facebook group and to see things that we talk about that we wouldn't put on our public instagrams right so if you want to take a look at sarah's you yeah Go join the Infertile Mafia. It is. It doesn't look like that anymore because they were taken out. But I wonder if there's a way I could put like a filter, not a filter, like a screen before the picture, like look at your own wrist. Oh, a trigger, a trigger warning. You can can put it in the comment section. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine. What were anyway, we talking about? So before I was so rudely interrupted <laughs> by my infertility dick pic. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I was talking about GNRH inhibitors, which they sometimes prescribe, which basically puts you like in a temporary menopausal so state. So is that, and a lot of uh, times, what is that med? Is it Ganorelix or is it Lupron? Uh, I think both of those are GNRH inhibitors. Which they give they? you during IVF sec- IVF. cycles. Sometimes. Not everyone gets Lupron. Oh, yeah, not but. Lupron. But usually something like Ganorelix or there's one that starts with a C. Centertide? Centertide? <laughs> so, I think that one's yeah, given like more that. in the UK. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Um, okay, UK. But that basically puts you like in a temporary menopause, which I guess for women with endo if that are trying to get pregnant it helps control the growth of the endo like ahead of getting pregnant so you might it might not be quite as bad when it returns i think is the theory does it help with the pain um i don't i don't know i didn't read that i mean obviously if you get pregnant that helps with the pain because you're not shedding this lining yeah and your body's not well i was gonna say it's not feeding it estrogen but you have a high amount of estrogen right you do but i think most women with endo that are pregnant report that it's not as painful that the pain does subside during pregnancy which um most people are like i'm trying to get pregnant Yeah, i mean like the estrogen (laughs) the estrogen is only like part of the that equation, yeah. right? Because you need those other hormones to like grow the endometrial line. You probably need all of them to make it <laughs> a baby. Well, to make a baby, <laughs> but to make the endo outside of your uterus do the things it does. Right. 
exactly, which you're not going to have when you're pregnant. Like, you're not going to have a luteinizing hormone or follicle-stimulating hormone, stuff right. like that. Um, and then, so the last one, as far as medication, is just NSAIDs, non-steroidal antihistamine drugs. Like Advil? <laughs> like, yeah. Or like prescri- prescription strength Motrin. Ugh. But that, like, stuff like that. Being on that for a long time I'm, can tear your stomach up. <laughs> yeah, I. It just sucks. It sucks to suck. Yeah. And it sucks when you have endo. But, yeah, I mean, is anyone out there that has endo? Is there anything else you can add to this list? It just seems like such a short list of things you can do to treat it. <sighs> This Laura girl was seeing know. if weed helped, but I can't find the article <laughs> now. That's a good idea. That makes sense that it would help. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Guys, a little bit. listen. Go smoke a doobie. <laughs> kick back. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read Steph's email. Um, okay, and she she's Canadian. So she also has an interesting perspective on like egg donor and surrogate because it's different in Canada, which we're not going to talk about all that in this episode. But when we do get into egg donors and surrogates, I'm definitely going to come back to her story. Do you think she like, do you think she plays hockey and hangs out with Justin Bieber? Probably not. Like, <laughs> eats, no, I, I don't think she, she like, hangs out poutine with every day. Justin Bieber. She probably drinks coffee from Jim Hortons though. That's that's right. Yeah. She's way cooler than Justin Bieber. Yeah, I doubt she. Do you think she says a boot all the well, time? Do you, I don't know what part of Canada she lives in. I think. I think she's in near Toronto. She might. I don't know. I think. <laughs> Have you ever had No, poutine? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. What is it? Like gravy it's on french so... fries? Pretty oh. much. And there's, like, different variations of it. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. Steph, you need to share your favorite poutine uh, concoction, (laughs) if you like it. (laughs) Uh, She also has a YouTube channel. She does? So I watched... She does. What is it? Yeah, I don't know why I didn't start off with that. If anyone wants to see more of her story, go to her YouTube channel. It's called I'm Ready Already. Okay. I'm Ready Already. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go ahead and read her email. Okay. Things to know about endo. The best specialists have no idea what causes it, and the most educated gynecologists have no idea how to treat it, (laughs) which is like kind of what I said at the beginning of the show. Um, And then she lists a few things that I'm going to skip right now because it's a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about. Um, So there's a dot, dot, dot right here. Okay. There is a huge misunderstanding in the medical community about endo treatment. Your run-of-the-mill OBGYN has no business treating an advanced case of endo. You need someone with a subspecialty who has completed a fellowship on endo treatment. OBGYNs will tell patients to get pregnant if you want to have kids, um, take continuous birth control, and usually the next step is a radical hysterectomy and oophorectomy. How do you say that Oophil, one? I don't know. Oh, it has two O's. Why do you need the second O? Oophorectomy. Tubes, cervix, and ovaries. Gone. Makes sense, right? It's a reproductive disease. Estrogen fed. Take out the ute and the ovaries and boom, you're done. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. There are millions of women who underwent those surgeries and found no relief. If you see someone who doesn't specialize, they won't know that if they leave a microscopic amount of endo, it will come back. All too frequently, OBGYN surgeons don't consult other specialties like gastroenterology, urology, cardiopulmonary to help excise endo on other organs. So I think she's saying like they just try to take it all out themselves without getting... You know, like if you have endo on your colon, maybe you need a gastroenterologist in there helping out. Yeah. You know? Okay. Carrying on. So now she's going to get into her story here. 
I mean, it's just a little bit of a long email, but it's so worth reading. Okay. For me, I had my first doctor's appointment for hellish periods when I was 14. I have spent time in the hospital for my symptoms. I've been told I'm a hypochondriac. I have a love of pain meds and that I just need to toughen up. Not true. (laughs) And then she wrote, Nancy's Nook is the place to go for endo and to find the right doctor. Okay, sidebar. This is a Facebook group. Nancy's Nook. Okay. Do not Google Nancy's Nook unless you want adult sex oh, toys. No. <laughs> I'm like, Google, show me Nancy's Nook. <laughs> Don't do that. It's adult sex toys. It's a Facebook group, Nancy's Surprise. Nook. Surprise. Okay. Turns out I have stage four deep infiltrating endo that has compromised my insides. My anatomy is literally not recognizable when I do an MRI or an ultrasound. The endo has obliterated the canal that separates my vaginal canal from my anus. Oh my, gosh. my ovaries are pinned between loops of bowel to the back of my uterus. My lung and diaphragm have endo on them causing pain when I breathe. I'm an overachiever. What can I say? <laughs> oh. Okay, the endo beat the crap out of my ovaries. My egg quality sucks. And with adenomyosis, which is like the cousin of endometriosis, my ute is useless. So I'm headed into surrogacy and egg donor land. I'm going in November to have my bladder, bowels, lung, and diaphragm resected, a radical hysterectomy and oophorectomy. Fuck. <laughs> That's a lot. Like, did everyone just hear that? Bladder, bowels, lung, diaphragm, resected, and a radical hysterectomy and oophorectomy. So that's everything. I'm 33 years old. Sorry, go that's ahead. That's everything. That's everything. I'm 33 years old and will be in full menopause immediately following surgery. I had to sign a consent for a colostomy bag. It's pretty serious business. It's not always like this. I'm a weird, extra, endo-y case. Lots of women have painful periods that they manage with NSAIDs and all as well. The takeaway here is that if your periods interfere with your life or you have extreme gastro problems during your period, push your GP to send you to a specialist. I wish, wish, wish I had known all of this when I was young. Thanks for fighting the good fight and talking about infertility in all its taco-hammered glory, <laughs> Steph. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I'm just going to follow up with what she, so she wrote me another email talking about their next steps now that, th- that this has all happened. And I'm just going to read the first part of it here. Um, our Journey to surrogacy began in 2014, the year I turned 30. We were about a month away from trying to start TTC, and I started having constant symptoms that were really interfering with my life. My doctor sent me to a specialist who determined I had stage 4 endo and adenomyosis. Two surgeries, removal of fallopian tubes, 50 pounds lost, and what feels like a million dollars later, we did a few IVF cycles, all ending poorly multinucleated eggs, embryos that didn't survive the thaw, not even a faint line on a pregnancy test. This obviously wasn't working. Actually, after watching Kayla's videos, we decided to visit a reproductive immunologist. Endo is an inflammatory process and an autoimmune disease, and there have been some loose correlations with NK cells. So off we went to meet with an RI. He said that due to multitude of factors... It's not impossible, just deeply unlikely that we'd get pregnant. And he agreed that a gestational surrogate would highly improve our chances and agreed to take us on as patients. So their embryo that they had, their one embryo didn't survive the thought. Then this doctor told her her eggs were completely toast. And then this is when the story gets really cool because she had a friend offer to be a surrogate and another friend offer to be an egg donor. And that friend is about to do an egg retrieval like any minute now. So, Steph's story continues. Yeah. Hopefully she keeps us <sighs> That's updated. That's a lot. 
Yes, definitely keep us updated, Steph. But, I mean, isn't that story amazing? Like, I just... It's amazing, but sucky. It's so sucky. But then I think I'm, like, so uplifted by... And if you watch her videos, and then we've kind of gotten to know her a little bit in the Facebook group, she's, like, she's such a light. Like... She's really funny, and she seems to have this really, like, upbeat attitude about her situation, which I know this is not what she planned for her life, but she's, like, she's rolling making with it. the best out of it. She is rolling with it in a, the best pos- possible way. I just, I feel like Endo would almost feel like there's this thing attacking my body from the inside that I couldn't do anything about, it, and I, it would just give me this real sense of anxiety. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, But she is putting it all on YouTube, too, which I think is nice because I'm sure other people... Excuse me. I just... My, my throat just burped. <laughs> huh. Okay. No, I agree. Uh, I think it's awesome because it, it, like so many infertility diagnosis, needs more exposure. And endo especially, it's like, we already talked about this, it gets misdiagnosed because it's misunderstood, or these symptoms mimic a lot of other things that could be going on. And I just think it's one of those, like, just educate yourself about it so that you can, you know, if you think you might have it, don't hesitate. Look into it. And (sighs) check out her channel on YouTube. It's I'm Ready Already. That's right. Yeah. And her name is Steph, and she's really cool. So go be her friend. Go watch her videos. Go watch her videos. something. You filthy animal. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm (laughs) just kidding. You all are great. (laughs) We love all of you. Okay. Out of the box. Out of the box. What is that from? (laughs) You sang it in the first episode. I know, but it's from something. You don't know what it's from? Oh, you're just singing it because I did? Yeah, I'm just mimicking you. I liked it. Out of the box. You you sang it and I just went with it. Is that a jingle? Does someone recognize that jingle? I don't. If someone recognizes that and we need to be like paying someone royalties, we're like ripping off someone. I don't. We're going to get sued. Uh, Jokes on them. I don't think I made it up. Let me see. (laughs) Anyway. Well, out of the box. Okay, so we had an email. Sarah knows that. And I've been on the fence about reading it. I don't know. Uh, um, It was an Ava review. (laughs) (laughs) Since we love them so much. I know. We we all know I've put my foot in my mouth a few times with the Ava bracelet. It was not it was not a good review. So I don't Just know. Just go ahead and I read mean. it. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. You asked for a review on the Ava bracelet, so here it is. It was worthless. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to laugh. Okay, maybe not totally worthless, but definitely not worth the price I paid. And I had a $20 discount code when I purchased mine. Which, by the way, okay, when I... I've been paying more attention to the reviews on the Ava bracelet as it constantly pops up on my social media accounts. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those, like, I totally bad-mouthed it with absolutely nothing to back it up. And so I want my, I want the reviews to support my opinion. (laughs) You know, it's like one of those. And so far that's happening because I'm going to tell you, the only time I see a good review, I want to know if this happens to anyone else, like on Facebook, especially. The only time I see a good review is then someone's like, use my $20 off code like they're either being paid by the company to write a good review or it's like one of those refer a bunch of people yeah they're getting a kickback and you'll exactly that's the only time I see a good review is when someone's getting a kickback anyway okay she goes on I guess it was decent for tracking my basal body temp because it did it automatically I didn't have to think about it there's something but I had a hard time 
I said, what? well, there's something. There's something, yeah. But I had a hard time syncing the data, and it didn't always seem consistent. My fertile days jumped around all the time, despite having very regular periods. And spoiler alert, after using it over six months, I'm still not pregnant. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I laughed. That's not funny. Um, if anyone wants my personal opinion, I'd say don't waste your money. You could do a lot more with $250. And then she wrote, also, I found your podcast doing a Google search for podcasts <laughs> about trying to get pregnant. No. I've heard I've heard you. I know. Cool. I've heard you both talk about YouTube channels, but I've never heard you say the name of them. Do you mind sharing? Oh, sure. I don't want to share, share yours. No. Her YouTube is the same as her Instagram page. <laughs> I haven't ever shared that oh. either. Okay, well, mine is Sarah Loves Peter. <laughs> I... <laughs> Sarah okay. with an it's H. It's not that I don't... That's right. It's not, none of these S-A-R-A Sarahs. It's not It's not that I don't, like, want to share it. I just... I feel weird about... I don't... I just... I don't want people to think that this is like about some kind of self promotion. Oh, that's why I've never shared it. Which I I know I know neither one of us care. About. I mean, let's put it this way: we don't make videos anymore, hardly ever. So clearly, we're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, I mean, but, I feel like a lot of my vi- not all of them, but some of them are um, educational. And that's why I did them. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I should not be. Yeah. Okay. So my channel name is Hardships of Hope. Heart, like the shape, heart, ship, like the boat, all one. How word. did you come <laughs> up with that? Is that a. I've always uh, wondered. Just to play on word. Okay. Like hardship. But it felt more like it's a I heart never put ship. two and two together that you meant hardship. <laughs> it's like super cheesy. It's a super cheesy play that on words. That went over my head. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's mine's pretty obvious. <laughs> Sarah loves yeah, Peter. Well, Peter's my husband, and I'm Sarah. Right. <laughs> oh, thank God he's your husband. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I don't mind sharing it this one time. I just don't want, like, that's not what this podcast, we're not here to, like, promote our YouTube channels, but I don't mind sharing I it. I do yeah. want to do a video on my channel about more Eula's. In embryo oh, you development. Should. You should, because you are pregnant with a morula. Yep. And baby. I had a theory about it. So I want to talk about like embryo development in a video. Yeah. And I'm sure people would be into that. It's like I've had tons of people that want me to do a video about the what I know about the like IVIG treatment, because I've never actually done one and I probably should. Anyway, speaking of Morula development. Yes. So are you going to stop teasing us? Oh now yeah. And yeah. tell us what so, happened at the doctor this morning. Yeah. So I transferred a Morula. This embryo I had two embryos make it. The first one was a blastocyst, which turned into Bjorn. Bjorn. Who is a boy. <laughs> and then I had <laughs> this one frozen. And it was slower growing. And then when I transferred it, it was a morula. So I was doing a lot of Googling about morulas. I, okay, can I time sure. out? Can I interrupt yeah. you? Because I know what your theory right. is. And you're about to share your theory, but I know it, what it is, but they don't know what it is. So Okay, so in... Is your th- wait, 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 wait. I have a question. Oh, what? Is your theory correct? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so in all this Googling, I read... I know what she's having. (laughs) I read that slower-growing embryos after ICSI, which is... uh, What is it, Kayla? (laughs) Intracytoplasmic sperm Yeah, so they inject the sperm into the egg is what that is. Did you do that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you have a slower-growing embryo, sometimes... I don't know if this happened to you. Maybe not. Did all your embryos grow at the same rate? I actually have no idea. They didn't tell me. I mean, because they all were at blastocyst stage the day they froze them. So 
I, but I don't know. But the twins were our lowest quality grade oh, embryos. And look at them now. That's why we transferred them last. I know. They look showed you. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, slower growing embryos. Smarty pants. They are. They're going to keep showing you. <laughs> I know. Um, the theory is that girls are sometimes slower growing after ICSI because there is some sort of, it takes longer for the X chromosome to do something. I'm not quite sure. There were a lot of big words. So a lot of the time people said <laughs> that they're, when they transferred Morula's uh, they were girls, and so we found out today we're having a girl. Woo-hoo! Yeah, so Woo-hoo! yay, we're having a girl, and so that's awesome. Yeah. You guys can't see it, but I'm grinning from ear to ear. Sarah's just like we're having a no, girl. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm just <laughs> oh, tired. I know you are. I had to get up early. I know you're excited. And no, it's it goes back to that which you were talking about in the last episode. How you're usually just very level. I need time, <laughs> and I'm just like, Bleh. yeah. I need. T- <laughs> it's a girl. Oh if my we gosh. did a gender reveal party, Peter and I would have been the most most boring couple. We'd be like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> cool. We're, we're excited, but I of just don't show my excitedness on the outside. I already went. Everybody shows it. Different. Yeah, I already went to Polo. That's that's a little bit of a reason why I was late recording this today. <laughs> and I I got a couple <laughs> girl outfits because I'm excited Aww. about shopping for a girl. Okay. All right, let's wrap it up. So for the last time, join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia@gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review this podcast to hear lots of more information about <laughs> honeypots that go rogue. Oh, no. And in our <laughs> next episode, we're going to dive into recurrent pregnancy loss. Another bummer. That is. We'll have to do a but, more upbeat episode after that. Yeah. Because these two are heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.